0: the loudest clap come on put your hands together for jesus hallelujah the choir is here this morning to bring you god's word from matthew chapter 16 verse 18 and 19. Where Jesus was addressing his disciples, Peter in particular, saying, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But he knew that the devil was not going to allow it be easy for us, so he said, Now I give you the keys to heaven, my authority, that whatever you bind here on earth is bound in heaven, and what you lose here on earth is loose in heaven. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. On Christ alone, our chief cornerstone. No other foundation can we build upon, not philosophy, nor the wisdom of man, all of the ground. A sinking sand upon this rock you'll build your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail when we bind and loose we proclaim In Jesus' name we will not fail. From the, from the dead, let captivity, let captivity captive, it, is it is finished. Oh, he gave us the keys, he's authority. Now we are joined in. To the praise of his glory. To the praise of his glory. 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 save your i the best. upon the ground. upon the ground up. rock, you will You your and the church. gates of hell, gate gate of of no It's not gonna we we'll trust trusting you. we Day- Your church, build your church, build upon the ground up. It's your church, say. Build your church, build it, God. Build, build your church, build it from the ground, from the ground up. up. It's your build Yes, oh God, we trust you, Jesus, you've got this covered, oh God, you sent us ahead, oh God, we're bringing in the truth for you, Jesus, we've got this because you're on our side, oh God, you gave us the authority as yes, Jesus, we've got this, Jesus, because you've got us, oh God, thank you, Jesus. Lift up your voice and say, Oh ooh, Yes oh God, we've got you treat your right confidence, ooh, yes oh God, with
1: powerful song and what a powerful way to just usher us into this session of preaching and teaching of God's Word. Will you lift up your hands whether you're joining online or right here in the room lift your two hands to Jesus and say Lord build me up. Yeah I'm your church. I'm your church. I'm your church. Father I release my heart to you. I release myself to you. Build me up. Build me up. Build me up. Build me up. Fill me with your grace. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your grace. Fill me with your spirit. The Bible says in Jude, verse 20, it says, Beloved, building up yourself in your most holy faith. Say, pray in the Holy Ghost. When we pray, when we worship, we are being built up like an edifice. Like an edifice. Like an edifice. We We are being built up. We are being built up. We are being built up. For those of us in the room today, when you visit this campus, you've been seeing uh, the new structure in the campus, you know, in, in, in here, being built up gradually. And now at a higher floor, you know, just that's how God builds us up. He builds us up. You're passing within your neighborhood, you see a building that's just started. And before you know it, three months, four months, five months down the line, uh, uh, they're on the third floor, on the fifth floor. You may not know. You may not have any idea of how high the building is going. But the people who conceptualized it, they knew how high he's going. God has a plan for your life. He knows how high he wants to take you. He knows how far he wants to take you. And he knows how he needs to build you up to get to that point. Will you throw your two hands to him today and say, Father, build me up. Build me up. Build me up. I am your church. I am your church. Build me up. Build me up. Build me up. Give me grace. Give me strength. Give me grace and give me strength. Give me grace and give me strength. Father, we ask that you build us up by your your grace. Supply strength. Uh, Supply boldness for somebody to step into something new. Supply courage for somebody not to quit this season. Build us up, Father, by the help of your Spirit. Build us up in the face of persecution and affliction. For anyone who may be going through any kind of persecution, affliction, or who may be going through a downturn, Lord, we ask that you build us up with your grace, with your strength, that we indeed will not fail, we will not falter, but we'll put through with your calling upon our lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We pray this prayer for everyone joining online, everyone right here in the room, and we ask, Father, also that you breathe upon your word today, and let it minister grace to every hearer. Let no one be the same again. Holy Spirit, this is your moment, this is your time to bless, to transform, and to infuse our hearts with courage that only you can give we honor you our father and we give you permission to move over everyone in this room everyone joining online from far and near everyone watching on tv wherever people are joining this service from we ask that the power of your spirit will rest upon everyone lord give us individual encounters beyond the words of the preacher that your name and your name alone may be glorified in the precious name of jesus Somebody blessed today. Put your hands together celebrate Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. So I want to welcome everyone joining us online. I wanted to put distractions away from you, whether you're online or on your TV, put distractions away from you. Get ready to be blessed by God's word. And everyone in the room, please do the same. Um, It's time to to, uh, position ourselves to hear God. You know, in the multitude of words, you hear God for yourself. We're continuing the teaching series uh, that we've tagged Journey to Greatness. Journey to Greatness, and the series of messages in this series are commemorative of our 11th anniversary as a church. And we're using this to remind ourselves, as the church of the living God, uh, that we are on a journey. And it's a journey to greatness, according to the order of the call of God, the mandate upon our church to make greatness common. So it's a journey to greatness that we're on, and all of us have to develop certain skills, certain understanding uh, on how to walk on this journey, uh, and how to, 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 to move forward on this journey. Last Sunday we preached a message uh, which we, we titled uh, Believing and Belonging, and we emphasized the fact that one of the imperatives uh, on this journey, one of the most critical things is that you and I have to develop a sense of belonging, Read right from Psalm 92 and, and verse number 12, the Bible says the righteous shall flourish like palm tree. Uh, they shall grow like cedar of Lebanon. And it said, those who are planted in the house of God, they will do what? Do what? Yeah. Those who are planted in the house of God, it says they will flourish in the courts of our God. So, so that, that flourishing is needed if we won't run dry on our path. Uh, to greatness on, on this journey that we have been set up for. We'll continue in this teaching series today as uh, look at the, uh, at the message title, Run Your Race. Can you ever me tell your neighbor, say, Run your, Run your Race. Look at somebody else, tell them, Run your, Run your Race. If you are online, type it in the chat, say, I'm running my race. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. I say, Glory be to Jesus. Let's read from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. First Corinthians chapter 9, i take my opening text from verse 24 down to 27. New King James Version of First Corinthians chapter 9 from verse 24 down to 27. It said, do you not know that those who run in a race all run? So everybody uh, who can participate, get to participate in a race. Those who run in the race all run. But one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for a prize is temperate in all things. Now they do, they do it to obtain a perishable crown. A reward that has an expiry date. Or the reward you get when you are on earth. Uh, even the one that are uh, lifetime awards. The moment the person passes, uh, somebody else will have to take it. Uh, A lot of, you know, uh, rewards that we get for breaking limits, you know, gets to an end when somebody else breaks that limit. So when the scripture is saying here, they do it for perishable crown. It means when you say something is perishable, it means it has an expiry date. It It can perish. It has an expiry date. He said, they, they, we do, people in the world do all these things for a perishable crown. He said, but we for an imperishable crown. Which means the kind of reward we get for running our race in God is the one that has both earthly and eternal value. So, so the, 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 the reward for it, the crown for it, doesn't have an expiry date, both in time and eternity. So, therefore I run, not with uncertainty, Thus, I fight, not as the one who beats the hair, but I discipline. Somebody say, I discipline myself. Say it again. Say, I discipline my body. So, so it says, I discipline my body and bring it under subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. I myself should become disqualified. The Lord bless the reading of his word. Somebody say, after me, say, I'm running a good race. I will obtain my crown. Say it again. Say I'm running a good race. I will obtain my crown. All through the scriptures, as we look at lives of patriarchs and principal figures in the scriptures, uh, we see people who ran their races, who, 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 who did things that were commendable. But there's one mindset that must under guard my conceptualization of my race. And your race. In the, this passage that we read, the writer of the book of 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul, who ran a beautiful race himself, was trying to show us the need to run our race from a particular point of view. One is that I need to run my life's race, my journey in life, I must do it uh, with a mindset that my latitude is limited. I don't run anyhow. So I don't run like like the one that is doing shadow boxing. You know when you are doing shadow boxing, you you just be, you know, you are Fury in your own own right. You just just do it, do it, do it. You know, it's shadow boxing. But when it's real, you have to hit the bullseye. You have to, you know, your jabs have to be accurate. If not, you won't last, you know, there there are some boxing bouts that don't last more than 20 seconds. You know, just the wrong job, bah, bah, and the the guy's already flat. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's how it happens for some people. Get saved, get on the journey with God. Some people don't last one week. Yeah, one week out of the faith again, or some people just go for months, for years, and something happens, and they're derailed from their faith. Some people start out the race of the fulfillment of their marital destinies. But because they run it anyhow, especially the principal actors that destroy homes, because there's a calling, a calling to run a good home, a calling to run your marriage well. We're going to get into it in a bit. But I need you to understand that for everything that God is setting in front of you, whether it's a business, a call in the kingdom of God, whatever it is, you, 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 it's your responsibility to be sure that you will run a good race. But well, you must understand that you don't have a very wide latitude. You don't have a very wide latitude. The second thing is that you, 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 you don't, you can't run anyhow, you have to manage your energy. Second thing is energy management. So successful Christian living is not a destination, but a race that requires Exertion of faith, commitment, and sacrifice to obtain the prize. It's not something that just happened anyhow. We call it an inheritance, but this time around, it's not an inheritance that falls on your laps. You have to run a race. You have to run a good race. You have to run a good race. It has to be a, a race that is run with patience. It has to be a race that is run consensuously with certain mindset that you're under guarding. One, like I said, is that you don't have all the latitude. You can't run anyhow. Matthew 7 and verse 14. Jesus said, narrow is the way and straight is the path that leads to eternal life. But like Pastor Debo was preaching in the first service, you know, he mentioned something that, 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 that struck a chord with me, which is that you know, you can think that how will God create road to eternal life? and I'll make it narrow. When Jesus already died, is that, is that not the waste of blood? You say you shed your blood for everyone. They open it thing right wide now so that everybody can enter. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. yeah. If, 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 you, if, you, you, if you go to a school and you pay the school fees of all the kids, yeah, there, so anybody can come to school. They now said, it's one small gate they will be passing. What's the point? Somebody already paid the school fees for everybody. So just open the gate. Let anybody enter. But the truth is that the school cannot take everybody. I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. So uh, they will still say, look, these ones that, that came on time, if the resumption is 8 o'clock, how many people will be able to come before 8 or at 8 o'clock, first and foremost? So th- there will still be certain things. So what God was saying there uh, is that the latitude is, you, you can't just run anyhow and still feel that you will obtain the prize. Is somebody still with me today? That's why it is narrow. That's why it is straight. It's not to fence people out. It's to give people the mindset. That Matthew 7 and 14 is to give people the mindset that you cannot run the race of destiny anyhow. Are you still with me today? And like I said, you also need this mindset that it is not a sprint. It's a marathon. I was an aspiring marathoner. Back in the day, yeah, so I used to try. I, I knew from very early that I was not gifted with sprints. Yeah, because when they say, come and do the just do, everybody will leave you behind. So I said, ah, there has to be something else. Yeah, there has to be something else. Back in the day, we used to call it cross-country race. Yeah, in my, in my high school days, Cross, uh, cross-country race. Yeah. Uh, in Government College in cross-country. So we run out of the school, get on the major highway, go to, I I mean, I forgot some of those areas uh, around the school. Then you run, you know, down a particular major highway and then you come back. The the, the path was already here marked. It's about uh, about 12 or 13 kilometers or so that you have to do for a proper uh, uh, marathon, at least for that age bracket. I'm sure they do more than that for the one like Lagos Marathon, maybe more than that. But this is where I'm going. When you have the mindset of a marathoner, what you know is that you have to engage some level of energy management, that there will be a short burst of sprint within this race, but a bulk of it will be a journey of endurance. And sometimes you move fast, sometimes you slow yourself down, deliberately, because we all laughed at Pastor Debo in the first service when he shared the first time he qualified to run marathon at an international school in his high school, and uh, as they were practice, as as they were about to take off, the the guy who had been winning was standing beside him. So he used the opportunity to say, "So what is the?" And the guy just told him, "You see, the first two hundred meters, you just gas. You give everybody some chance. I mean, you go ahead, then you now maintain." Maybe it worked for the guy. (laughs) But it didn't work work for my guy. (laughs) Because he said by the time he took off the first 200 meters and then boom, he went the first 200 meters according to what his his super coach told him. He said at the end of the 200 meters he lost gas completely. The funny thing is that The first, like, uh, um, 500 meters or one kilometer of the race will be within the school. And then the second kilometer, you'll be coming out of the school gate, and people will be applauding you as you are coming out. So, (laughs) (laughs) you can imagine, he said, fear would not allow, I mean, shame would not allow him to stop before the school gate, because he was representing his house. At least the list is. Let them cheer you out of the school gate and then find somewhere to just disappear. <laughs> so he said, when the 200 burst, he lost energy, lost gas completely. He was panting, but told himself, You have to pass through the school gate. <laughs> and then he passed through the school gate, and after the school gate, he said, Ebenezer, this is Alpha, the Lord has led us. <laughs> That will not be your story in Jesus' name In the real life That will not be your story in Jesus' name Can I tell you the truth? Many people are falling off The path of destiny Just like that On a daily basis People are falling out of faith Falling out of God-ordained professions uh, Falling out of God-ordained businesses Falling out of God-ordained marriages Falling out of all kinds of things Failing in parenting Failing in, in different areas Many things are happening every day what we have refused to, to get is that all these endeavors, they are God-ordained journeys for us, race that we must run and make sure that we win the prize. And in Isaiah 51, when you read from verse 1 to 3, prophet Isaiah was telling us something there, and he said, look, we need to take a cue, just like what we have in Hebrews 12, where, we say, where, where it said, uh, after Hebrews 11, it showed us all, the, all of faith of uh, all of fame for faith, and it says, we shall run with endurance, the race that was set before us. In Isaiah 51, the prophet Isaiah said, ah, listen to me, who follow after righteousness, you who seek the Lord, Said, look to the rock from which you were hewn, where you were cut out, and to the hole of the pit from which you were dug out. He said, look, to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who bore you, for I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. So what he was saying, is, especially if you read other translations, is look, look at Abraham. That's where you are caught from. If you are in Christ today, the Bible says, if you are in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. Galatians 3, I think mean verse 14 and 15. If you are in Christ, you are Abraham's seed, And here is according to the covenant. Yeah. So if you are in Christ, Isaiah said, look at Abraham. See the packaging of his life. And take a cue from that. Abraham's life did not look like a sprint. It looks more like a marathon. God took him through a route that shows that Our journey with God will not always be a sprint. We can express some sprints here and there. But majorly speaking, it's a marathon. Abraham had to have a marathonal perspective to life. If not, he would have failed in that journey. Because God took him step by step, step by step, step by step. He called Abraham out of the familiar in Genesis chapter 12 and called him to go on a journey that he would just show him where he was sending him. You can imagine God just say, be going. And there's no Google map. No ETA. No expected time of arrival. Just be going. Are you still with me today? That was the experience of Abraham. And he was just going. When you look at the life of Joseph, it was the same thing. The great grandson of Abraham. It was the same thing. He was also called to just, you know, he embarked on a journey that he didn't even know he was on a journey. Until it dawned on him that you may not be going back to your father's house. I hope you've read the story before. Joseph had a dream of greatness. And the journey to that greatness (laughs) was supposed, was going to be a marathon race, not a sprint. You know, it's interesting, if you have a child at home right now, and your child is having all kinds of dreams and impressions, and, you know, all this high-falutin, high-sounding description of what the future holds. as an adult, You'll be fooling yourself if you think it will be a straight-line journey for the child. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Uh, The kind of prayer you should be praying for that child is, uh, may God be with you on your pathways, because you'll go through mountains and valleys, you pass through rivers and all kinds of things, but you are on a journey, you are on a journey. And if you have been there before, you understand that the greatest encouragement that you can give that kind of a child is to let them know, according to Romans 8 and verse 28, for we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. And verse 29, the Bible says, for whom he did foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Look at verse 30. He said, Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Those he called, this he also justified. And whom he justifies, these he also glorifies. There's a trajectory. There's a pathway that God has in mind. And whatever we go through in between all that, as we run our race, we must understand that God has a plan. And he wants to walk us through those plans. So God has set out a race for his church and also for individual Christians whose finish line is greatness and glory in him. So whoever is listening to me today, wherever you are joining this service, I need you to understand, notwithstanding where you are now, you are on a journey, you you are running a race. And it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. So you may have experienced a detour. Maybe somebody's parked right now, like a marathoner that's out of gas, and they're putting oxygen, or putting water in your mouth and all that. That's not the end of the race. And quitting is not an option when you know there's a God that's standing behind you. And you still with me today. Is somebody say here? glory be to Jesus. And today is just a word of encouragement for everyone. And to give you certain perspective that you must have if you're going to run your race and finish strong. And finish well. And at least finish to the glory of God. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Very, very important. Very, very important. So, on this marathon race, one of the critical things that you and I need to be aware of, one of the most critical things that we need to be aware of is that you have a lane, a lane, a path, a path to follow, a lane. And that's what we call our calling. You know, I said, you can't run it anyhow. You can't run anyhow. You can't just behave anyhow. You can't just do it anyhow. That's what Paul was saying to the Galatians church. You know, the Galatians, in Galatians chapter 3, when you read from verse 1, he said, oh foolish Galatians, it took the liberty to call them foolish because of how they've been running and how they're almost getting derailed or being derailed at this time. He said, oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth it said before, whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? Who has bewitched you? Some people start well. Some people start well. Sorry, I'm using Pastor Debo as an example today, but some people start, start, you know, start well at Pastor Debo in that marathon, not in, in the race of life right now, is doing well. But in that marathon in high school, no. And just because of wrong advice, yeah, say just, just, just go, go like that, just go. But the person that's telling you it, maybe it worked for them, but maybe that's not God's path for you. I, I, I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Paul was looking at the Galatians church. He wrote them a letter and he took the liberty. called them foolish. He said, this, what you are doing is foolish. What you are doing is foolish. Yeah. What you are doing is foolish. Can I speak to a man right here, right now, who is behaving foolishly? Treating the woman in your life anyhow. somebody's telling you, deal with her. They didn't, they didn't train her in a father's house. You train her. Trainer and deal with her. And you too, you are listening to that. When when you married this person, she was the I mean, she was supposed to be the love of your life. You were not the trainer, you were the lover. <laughs> but right now, you took the liberty to to <laughs> you know to become the trainer. So you, you can mess her up, you can beat her, you can do whatever you like in the name of training. Yeah. Is somebody still listening to me today? All the men in the house say, amen. "Amen." Yeah, let me hear that baritone, "Amen." One more time.
2: <laughs> Praise
1: God. So it's important that we have this at the back of our minds that uh, uh, it, it's possible to start out well. I mean, some some people here listen to me right now. You started out your race as a believer, maybe in high school, like myself, maybe in college, in university. Some people, you've been saved now 15 years. You've done all kinds of wonderful things for God, but you are running out of breath right now. You are behaving foolishly. Like Paul was writing to the Galatians. Look at uh, uh, in in chapter 5 and I think verse uh, 5 and 7 or so. He said, you were running a good race. Who caught in on you? That's NIV. Who caught in on you? Put NIV there. Because sometimes people caught in. Situations and circumstances will cut in on you. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you? To keep you from obeying the truth. For some people, money cuts in on you. Because when you didn't have this much money, you were obeying the truth. But money cuts in on you, and then you can give any excuse for being foolish. And the race, I mean, you're wasting opportunities. To honor God and to represent God on this race of your faith. Verse 8 said, that kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. The persuasion that derails. Because many people are going through all kinds of persuasions that derail. Said a little yeast walks through the whole batch of dough. One small suggestion. One small excuse here and there. You're pulling back from running your race and fulfilling your calling. That will not be your portion in the name of Jesus. Amen. Somebody say a better, amen. amen. So it's important for us, if I can use the analogy, not to over matriculation. <laughs> you know, that's the way some people behave. Have you been to matriculation ceremonies before? Okay. Some people come with coolers of jollof rice and all kinds of assorted drink, and it's just matriculation. Yeah. <laughs> and you have no even started. <laughs> and sometimes when I watch Nigeria play football too, yeah, soccer, we score maybe 20 minutes into the first half, and we are doing backflip, backflip, flip, backflip, back and everybody's. And you are telling yourself, people, this is the first half, the second half. You cannot over-celebrate. First half wins. You need to prepare yourself for what is ahead of you. Yeah. It's the same thing also, especially in our own culture. Can I tell you the truth? We need understanding. Sometimes we over-celebrate wedding ceremony. We put all the budget into it, all the energy into it, and the moment the party is over, the couple, they're on their own. They now start the journey, and they have to sort themselves, and everybody has been spent and overspent. So they, they, they don't even care whether you are eating your house. Yeah. Some people will leave wedding ceremony with all kinds of takeaway, like this. Yeah. And the couple getting married, they are not paying their house rent. Or they still live in a rented apartment. And then you the money that you can use to build a house for the couple, you use it <laughs> to give people ten cost meal and all kinds of things. See, life this need for energy management is is not a sprint, it's a marathon. Yeah, it's a marathon. And we must allow that. To, to affect how we conceptualize our lives. Let's, I mean, some people over celebrate salvation. Yeah. Salvation is not an end in itself. It means to an end. I gave my life to Christ today. I start a journey of faith. I must learn, unlearn, relearn, grow, be stronger in the faith day by day. Isaiah chapter 40, when you read from verse 31, it says, They that wait upon the Lord. They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and up, they shall run and they shall not faint. That sounds to me like a marathon. And it says the only way that you can derive strength to keep on keeping on is if you wait on the Lord. So I sing that song to myself all the time. Wait on the Lord. He will renew your strength, so wait I say, wait on the Lord, He will renew your strength, so wait I say, these are my fans for my music career. But you know, whether anybody's hearing me sing or not, I'm singing to myself. Yeah. Because you need to wait on the Lord. He's the one that renews your strength. And whatever cuts you off from being able to remain in strength in God on the path of truth is foolishness. Paul was unequivocally, you know, unequivocally said to the Galatians, this is foolishness. Can I say to you, Elevation Church? It's time to escape foolishness. If you're watching online today, you need to ask yourself a question as you listen to this message. Where is foolishness pervasive in my life? Yeah. Where am I supposed to manage my energy, but I'm behaving anyhow? Where have I thrown away caution? Where have I thrown away a sense of calling? Yeah. Where have I thrown away a sense of calling? Ask yourself the question, am I running a good race at home? Am I running a good race as per my involvement in the kingdom of God? Am I running a good race on this business that God has given to me? Am I just behaving anyhow? Yeah. It's very important that we run as we steward everything that God has given to us. We must see ourselves as running a race. And God has placed a call upon your life it starts with salvation but doesn't end there first peter 2 verse 9 and 10 first peter 2 verse 9 and 10 it says but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. who once were not a people but are now the people of god who had not obtained mercy but now I've obtained mercy. Look at how beautiful that description is. Yeah, first and foremost, it started by saying, "Look, you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation." Can somebody tell yourself today? Say, "I'm royal." I'm royal. Say, I'm, a speci- "I'm special." I'm special. Yeah, I'm special. So that you may proclaim the prince, prince of him who called you out of darkness. That's our first calling, and this calling is for everybody. Everybody that goes to a school, for instance. For matriculation, everybody that has been admitted, this is our calling. We will now find our departments. Yeah. You know, you can be matriculated into a school if you cannot find your department, enroll for your courses, and sit down and do the real deal. Then it's as good as you didn't come. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. So many people here are saved, and you are over leveraging this salvation. To the detriment of the end, what was supposed to be at the end of it, over celebrating it. The only thing you you have to you say is just "I'm born again," but we cannot see the effect of born again in how families run. We cannot see the effect of born again in how you do your work with a sense of calling. Yeah, I was taking a class now, ministry leadership certification course in the course of last week, and you know. We uh, had over, I mean, a little over 100 people in, in the class, some of our leaders here that I was training. And it was marketplace ministry, that, that, that was the course. And I remember at the end of it, uh, it was uh, Pastor TG and I, the, all the people in the class were saying, why are you not teaching this in church? <laughs> you need to teach this in church. And I said, okay, we're trying it out with you first. Because at the end of the day, everybody, you know, when I made a statement like, worship is work, and work is worship. What does that mean? Worship is work. Work is worship. If I see my job as my worship to God, I don't need CCTV camera to watch me while I'm walking. I will walk like I'm worshipping God. Yeah. In the Welsh revival, some of the revivals of the old, yeah, the people that they call the Quakers, the reason why they all, in fact, it was the days of the Industrial Revolution in Europe. They came to the church to recruit people for work. Because all the believers worked without supervision. They saw their work as worship. Yeah. They saw money management as worship. They saw everything as worship. So they did it unto the Lord. They didn't need... So they were hiring them in droves. But look at it today. We have a revival. That seems to be pervasive, quote and unquote revival, but many people don't want to hire from the church. What kind of revival is that? Are you still with me today? It means that we have many Christians who don't have a sense of calling to anything they do. They separate, walk, and worship. So they are worshippers in church, but when they are out there, they are godless. Are you still with me right now? That can only turn around when you have a sense of calling to everything that you do. Yeah. You have a sense of calling to everything that you do. A sense of calling to parenting. A sense of calling uh, to your role in the kingdom of God. A sense of calling in the marketplace. That you you know that you are there to run a race for Jesus. And you can't make all the money one day. So all this one of joining them to cut people down, to do all kinds of things, to make money, stop it. It's foolishness. Yeah, it's foolishness. can't make all the money one day. You can't lie and cheat to make money. Somebody stay with me right now. Yeah, and say that's how they do it in our industry. No. No, no. You're being derailed if you do that. Somebody stay with me today. Very, very important. Yeah. So it's important that we all have it at the back of our mind that God wants us to focus on our calling. Uh... The big question is this. For some people here, God has been calling you. Have you answered? So many Christians have so many missed calls from God. Yeah, missed calls. All kinds of missed calls. Yeah. Eight missed calls. Three missed calls. That eight missed calls, maybe it's when you're in university. God has been calling you. Yeah. So you say, you started. You know, all kinds of, some people now, since this year, you have had like three or four missed calls from God. And how do I mean that? Things God is calling us into, that we choose to look away, as if God is calling you uh, to 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 you know to speak into a situation, to reach a people group, uh, to 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 you know to intervene in a situation. You know, any time you see something going wrong in our world, something abandoned, something you know degrading, it's a proof that there's a gap. God has called somebody to work on it, and they refuse to work on it. They miss the call. So when you see children on the street, when you see marriages sliding, it's some people's call. You know, for many years now, I have taken my own call in the area of relationships, speaking on a weekly basis. I use my social media platform to encourage people to... The kind of feedback I get on the back end, it makes it what Nobody pays me for all those things. By the way, I've never had any marriage seminar or anything where I charge before. And it's, because, it's not because I don't, I don't like money or I don't want money. Yeah. But there's a time, you know, like what uh, Elijah told Geazi, Elijah told Geazi, is this time? Is this time? it time? He didn't say it's wrong to collect money when he collected money from a Neyman. But I said, this is not the time. Yeah. Are you, are you still with me today? Very important. So, there are things that you even get paid for, but you have a calling and ministry perspective to it. So you are willing to do a lot of it for free, even where you get paid for some. Because anytime you see something going bad in this world, the, God's original intention is that everything will work well. Yeah. And when there are gaps, that shows a calling that has been neglected. I hope you're getting me today. So when we talk about leadership gap, it means that some people have been calling to leadership, to teach leadership too. I'm one of them. I'm doing my part, for instance, in the church, in the body of Christ, teaching pastors. I just got back from Enugu yesterday. This week, I'm, I'm jumping again, Abuja, Potakot, different places, just teaching all over the place. My life can be easier, ladies and gentlemen. It's not like, uh, you know, I get a high from getting on the plane, no. But when you have, when you have a sense of calling to your life, we can't all be complaining. Some people complain about like, the Nigeria is going bad because some people refuse to take their calling in politics. Yeah, simple, simple. Because there's no how bad the darkness is if I have a sense of calling and I know I'm carrying the light of Jesus. I step into darkness, and darkness cannot comprehend it. Is somebody still listening to me today? Yeah. So we cannot be giving excuses and uh, that industry is somehow, you know, in that place they use occultic power, and then you be saying Jesus power, super power, yeah, and then you, <laughs> that, it's not that to use the Jesus power? You say in that industry they use occultic power. So I can't. But you know, God has called you there to shine His light. Are you still with me today? It's very, very important that we all have that mindset concerning our calling. Some people, you know, God's calling over their life has been reading call waiting, call waiting, call waiting. How long will it be ringing call waiting? You are always busy with something else apart from the one or two things that God has called you for. That's why it will be ringing call waiting. You know when you are on a call <laughs> and somebody else is to call you, you put them on waiting. Some people have put God on call waiting for five years. Yeah. For two years, from the beginning of this year, somebody watching me online, you put God on call with eh? him. Since the beginning of COVID, God has been telling you what to do. And you know that you need to step into it and you're just giving excuses. May God help us this season. I said, may God help us this season. In the name of Jesus. So it's time to identify and hone your calling from God. Keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on the hope of your calling. Very important that we all keep our eyes on the hope of our calling. And, and you know, just, just have that calling mindset. Somebody say, after me today, say, I'm running a good race. And I will obtain my crown. Say it again, say, I'm running a good race. And I will obtain my crown. Ephesians 1 and verse 18 says, the highest of your understanding being enlightened that you may know the hope of your calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That's the, the, the prayer that God wants us to pray all the time. Just having at the back of our mind that there's a, there's a calling and there's the hope of our calling and we must not run short of it. And I pray for you today that you will not run short of it. In the name of Jesus. Last day today as I wrap up, there's a need to refuse to be discouraged, distracted, or be weary. Because I know that some of us who are on this race and we're, you know, we're pushing ahead, pushing ahead. We need to keep pushing ahead. There's a need for us to refuse to be distracted. Yeah. Be distracted. Uh, you know, be, be, be derailed. No. You need to be able to say no. You need to be able to say no. Very, very, very important that you and I are able to deal with discouragement, deal with distraction in the midst of all that you are doing. Some people will have something else to say about you. Sometimes, I mean, something something terrible may even happen. How, How do you imagine when somebody you know, serves God, and you do everything that you do. And something just goes bad all of a sudden. The, the enemy attacks, you know, attack at home, attack at work. How, 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 how do we keep keeping on? One of the things that we encourage is that as believers, we must seek to know the voice of God. And keep hearing the voice of God. Jesus said in John 10, verse 4 and 5, it says, and, uh, uh, he said, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follows him, for they know his voice, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. And he says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I'm known by my whole. As the Father knows me, even so, I know the Father and I lay down my life for the ship, and other sheep I have, which uh, are not within the fold and all that. So can I say this to somebody here today? It's important that you keep the voice of God. You keep hearing him in every situation. There are strange voices on earth today. Learn to silence those strange voices. Their, Their aim is to distract, to discourage, and to weigh you down. And you must learn to silence those strange voices in your life. Remember the story of uh, Nehemiah in, in, in Nehemiah chapter 6. Some people considered themselves to be Sambalat and Tobias. They called them. They, they came and, you know, their aim was to dis- distract him. Came up with all kinds of things and say, okay, uh, uh, come, let's, let's discuss. And, and Nehemiah looked at them, I think in verse 3 or so. Uh, uh, it says, uh, why should I come down? He said, I sent messengers to them saying, I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? Can you have me look at your neighbor? Say, you are doing a good job. Don't come down. Say it again. Say, you are doing a great job. Don't come down. Say it to somebody else. Say, you are doing a great job. Don't come down. Hebrews 12 and verse 13 says, Therefore, strengthen the hands that hang down and the feeble knees and make straight path for your feet so that what is lame will not be dislocated, but rather be healed. If there's anyone in this service today, discouraged, disillusioned, running out of gas, there's healing here for you, there's grace here for you. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sins which so easily ensnare us. And let us run the race with endurance. The race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the shame and has now sat down At the right hand of the throne of God. Somebody here today distracted. Becoming disillusioned. What used to be clear is no longer clear. You're running out of gas. You don't even know how you're going to pull through. As we pray this morning, I need you to know that God wants to renew your strength. Put you back on line. And help you to run this race to the end. In the name of Jesus. So it's time to run your race with faith and doggedness. Keeping our eyes. I mean the eyes of your heart on the one who is waiting for you at the finish line. God is waiting for you at the finish line. And he wants us to run this race to the end and finish strong. You, You know, as I close, I remember the story of a man called Stephen Aquari. Many of us may not be familiar with him because of how far back this story is. But if you check on YouTube, you'll find the the, the story. Stephen Aquari was a marathoner who represented Tanzania in the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City. You know what happened, you know, and the topography of Mexico. It was easier for sprinters. They were setting new records. But the marathon that year was very, very, you know, was a a very bad one because of the high altitude and all that. He himself was not used to that. He was from Tanzania. So even the the, the guy who won the gold that year, also an African. You know our East African brothers, they they win all the marathon gold. But many people had cramps. They were running out of energy, uh, uh, out of oxygen. This guy fell. You can see his, his, his leg bandaged. He fell. He hit his head. That was him. Representing Tanzania, 1968 Olympics. can check it out. Stephen Aquari did not win any medal that year. But he got the highest ovation that year because of his story, and this was what happened. This guy did not only have all kinds of cramps, he fell, hit his head, almost broke his leg, you know. But he told himself, I will finish this race. Do you know that the the person who won the gold finished the race at two hours and 25 minutes, 27 seconds, something like that, a little over two hours? The the other people had come in. They had ended the race. They were awarding the medals. Stephen was still running. He ran into the stadium after three hours of the race. At a point, the whole stadium, the attention was turned to this person who is just running in when people were already leaving. And they, 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 they were already awarding, you know, the medals and all that. So they called the attention of the media people in there. Everything then focused on stealing. And he was going, you know, with his bad leg and all that. He kept going. He kept going. He finished that race three hours and 27 minutes like an hour after the winner came in, but he kept running. He kept running. And when they asked him, he said, I didn't come 5,000 kilometers from Tanzania. They didn't send me just to run the race. They sent me to finish it. So murder or no murder, I will finish this race. And you can imagine the kind of ovation they gave him when he got back to Tanzania even without a medal for the fact that he finished the race. He said, my parents used to tell me when I was small, if you start something, you need to finish it. Yeah, you, you need to finish it. And he pushed through. At the end of it, when he pressed the tape, the whole of the people remaining in the stadium, they were all clapping. Stephen looked more important than the gold medalist of that day. Because with all that he went through, insisted, I must finish this race. Is there a race that you must finish? Is there a call of God upon your life that you must not allow to be derailed? Is there something that you have set out to do this season that you know is in the plan of God for your life and you must not give up on? That's the person that needs to say this prayer with me this morning. Can we all rise up on our feet, everyone in the room? If you are online, it's also a good time for us to pray. It's a good time for us to pray. It's a good time for us to pray. It's a good time for us to pray. Lift your two hands to Jesus right now, and say, "Father, fill my heart with strength. 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 Fill my heart with strength." Somebody praying, the Holy Ghost praying, understanding. No failure is around, allowed around my life. I will fulfill my calling. I will fulfill my calling. Somebody lift your voice right now and speak against distraction. Speak against besetting sin. Somebody's time to rebuke that spirit of addiction. Whatever it is that is distracting you, taking more time from you, taking more attention from you, taking money from you, draining you emotionally, that is not allowing you to run your race. Wherever you're joining this service from, you need to know God has a great plan for your life. He doesn't want you derailed. And when we humble ourselves and say, Jesus, I cannot help myself, help me. His help is always available. Always available. And his help is available here today. I want you to focus on yourself right now. It's a time for you to have a personal encounter with God because I believe God will be speaking to one or two people here right now. And in your heart, you know the things that he's talking to you about. This is a time for you to entreat me for strength to outgrow this. To break away from this distraction. To break away from that distraction. For somebody here today, this is a time for, for you to allow God to break the hold of depression or discouragement over your life. We know you are out of gas. But if you keep keeping on, God is there to supply you strength. Somebody may be saying, Father, I'm out of gas in this area of calling. I'm out of gas in this endeavor. But the Bible says, strength is perfect, perfect our weakness. Will you ask Him for strength today? Somebody break the hold of that besetting sin over your life right now. A little here, a little there. What is not supposed to be a sin has become a sin. Because it's consuming all of your attention and energy. For somebody here right now, you are derailed just because of your addiction to maybe news or social media. You are being derailed. And you need to talk to God about it right now. Because your energy is going in the wrong direction. Your attention is going in the wrong direction. And there's something great about focus in life. God wants you to be focused. On the race that is set before you. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him. He despised the shame on the cross. Grace is coming upon you to do the same today. Somebody is asking for grace, asking for strength asking for grace and asking for strength right now. Fresh strength is available here today. Fresh grace is available here today to run your race. To run your race because you are running a good race and you will obtain the crown. Ceiling, after the prayer. I want somebody here today to also pray for revelation knowledge. Maybe you are at the brink of a new season, and you're asking God for what is next. Paul said that the highest of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know the hope of your calling. So pray for a revelation of God's calling. Right now, for everyone who needs clarity, lift your two hands to Jesus, and pray for a revelation. Pray for a revelation of God's calling upon your life, that it may become clearer. That it may become stronger. That it may become clearer. That it may become stronger. Will you pray today, Father, enlighten the eyes of my understanding. Help me to know the hope of my calling in Christ Jesus. Help me to see the straight and narrow path, my own pathway into greatness and into glory. Somebody pray for revelation knowledge right now. Pray for revelation knowledge. Pray for revelation knowledge. Pray for revelation knowledge. There's a season ahead of you, and what you are seeing today is what will help you to construct the future. There's a future. There's a great future ahead of you in the area of your calling. But you need to capture it. You need to see it. Will you receive grace to see it? Grace to capture it? Grace to see it? That's the only way you will not be weary and well doing. Because the Bible says, "You will reap if you faint not." For the joy that was set before him. Will you pray today? Say, Father, let me see the joy that was set be- that has been set before me. Jesus saw himself sitting at the right hand of God in glory. So he was able to endure everything that was go- he was going through. Oh, oh, at that time, I, want, I wanted to praise today. Like Jesus was able to see clearly what was ahead of him. Lord, give, him, give me grace for clarity. Give me grace for clarity. In the next season of my life, I want to be able to see clearly. I want to be able to see what is ahead clearly. I want to see the next 10 years clearly. I want to see the next season clearly. I want to see my 40s clearly. I want to see my 50s clearly. I want to see my 60s clearly. I want to see my 70s clearly. Let that be the prayer of your heart today. Let that be the prayer of your heart today. Thank you, everlasting Father. Lord, we bless your name. Father, we thank you for the spirit of grace and revelation has been released upon this congregation right now. Upon everyone joining this service online, we ask that you perfect what you have started. Let your hand rest upon everyone. Lord, you are the one that gives strength. And you said, they that wait upon you shall renew their strength. Lord, we have waited upon you in this service today, we ask, Father, let strength come upon everyone. As your people will wait upon you from time to time, in prayer, in meditation, in worship, and in just seeking your face, let your strength come upon us. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, if there's anyone that's been derailed, we break the hold of foolishness over everyone's life. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we decree wisdom released from heaven. You will no longer be derailed. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for grace for everyone to fulfill your call upon our lives. We will run our race and we will obtain your own crown for us. We thank you, everlasting Father. We give you all the glory and all the praise in the precious name of Jesus. Somebody who is blessed today, put your hands together to celebrate Jesus. And please you may have your seat. Please have your seat. As we start to wrap up this service, when all that's bound, just for a minute, can I say a prayer with anyone, whether online or in this room, who may be saying, PG, I need to say this prayer of salvation again. I need to start again. I need to start again. Or somebody who is saying, I've never said it before. I've just been trying to follow God. And I see a reason to give my life to Christ so that I can start out a journey of grace and greatness with him. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for you today somebody who doesn't have any sense of connection with god you've just been religious but you know that god is not in your heart if jesus should come right now he he will not say i know you you are mine i want to pray for you i want to pray for you that god will start something new in your life so if you're if you're joined to this service today you're not born again or maybe you gave your life to christ a while ago but you bastarded into sin and you want to say jesus have mercy on me save my soul redeem me uh Uh, from this part of of derailment. I I want to pray for you right now. If you are right here in the room, can I ask that you lift your right hand up, whether you are dedicating your life or you're giving your life to Jesus afresh, I want to just lift your right hand up. If you are online, I want you to go to the chat room and let us know I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm giving my life to Jesus or I'm rededicating my life to Jesus. We love to pray for you. Our ministers are also right there online. They will connect with you. If you're watching this on TV, send us a WhatsApp chat or the email on the screen and uh, let us connect so that we can be of help to you so for everyone in the room you want to say prayer with me can i ask that you lift your right hand above your head just lift it above your head uh you, 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 don't 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 second guess anything uh if it's not in if you don't feel it in your heart that you are vitally connected with god then you need to say this prayer and that's why I wanted to just lift your right hand above your head and let's say a prayer together right now, right now, right now. Jesus will come into your life right where you are and he'll give you a new beginning and you will never be the same again. If your hand is up, can I ask that you just stand by your chair right where you are, right where you are, uh, just, just, just a sign of you making a, this decision, just right where you are. I want to pray for you. Just remain where you are, but please stand. Thank you for standing. Just stand and let's, let's, let's say the prayer together. God will start something new in your life and you will never be the same again. You'll never be the same again. Thank you for standing on the gallery. Thank you for standing there. God, God will, will, will start something new in your life. You'll never be the same again. You'll never be the same again. God is knocking at the door of some hearts here. I don't want it to shut your heart. Yeah, it's just a simple prayer. And you, 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 you start to experience God like never before. God will turn something loose in your life and it, it will just give you a fresh start. If you're standing, I want you to say after me, And if you are online also, written out in the chat room or in in the chat box, I, I want to also say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today to acknowledge that I need a savior. Say, I accept your death, your burial, and your resurrection has been done on my behalf. You paid the price for my sins today. I ask that you forgive me my sins and that you cleanse me from every unrighteousness. And I submit my life to you completely and absolutely. Fill my heart with your spirit and give me a new beginning. Say, I declare right now based on my faith in you as my Lord and my personal Savior that I'm now born again and I'm a child of God. I will love you and serve you the remaining days of my life in jesus name if you just say that prayer with me can you please turn around there's, there's a minister there please can you just follow them uh, just to the back just for about five minutes we just we want to connect with you yeah quickly we just want to connect with you uh the gallery the ministers are there also please just follow them just for a few minutes and you'll be back with us in the service Let's appreciate all the bold people making a decision for Jesus today. Let's appreciate them. Let's appreciate them. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to bring up a resident pastor uh, to give us some notices, lead us as we give to God uh, uh, in, this, in this service. Uh, but, yeah, before I bring him up, m- maybe I should say prayer over our offering, then I'll bring him up. Uh, so if you're online, it's also time for you to join us as we give to God. Uh, uh, as, we, as we package our offerings for those of us in the service, I just want you to realize something. Uh, part of the ways we we'll wait on the Lord is in worship. And as, as, as a church, we love to worship. And every last Wednesday of, of the month is a worship experience for us. This Wednesday, if you're in Lagos, please make it to the worship experience. If you're online outside of the city, join us online. Uh, we have a, a special uh, a guest, Minister Nosa. Uh, who will be leading the worship this Wednesday. I, I wanted to make it I wanted to make it into that service. I wanted to make it into that service. I know maybe the rest of the pastor will say one or two more things about it after now. Are we ready to give today? I said are we ready to give today? All right. The, 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 the different ways we give will be displayed on the screen and um, if you're right here in the auditorium the envelopes are the Pocket of receipt in front of you or behind you that you can use to give check or cash if you're writing a check due to the elevation church. If you want to use your card to give the POS machines at the back of the auditorium, and you can use that also to give right now. If you're online, please use the short code platform wire transfer, or you can use the web pay platform on our website elevationng.org forward slash giving, and you can join us as we worship God with our substance today. Our Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give to you. We receive every seed. Living the accounts, the wallets of your people today as, as our worship to you, we ask that you accept every worship. For everyone honoring you with percentage giving of tithing, we ask, Father, that you fulfill your world and your counsel in their lives. Accept every act of giving as a worship today. And Lord, according to your word, let the windows of heaven be open. Let favor follow us. Let divine direction be our portion. When men say there's a casting down, help us to be able to say there's a lifting up. And as we declare there's a lifting up, let there be a true lifting up. And let many doors open for your people this week. Let no one given to you today be stranded. We thank you, and we honor you, our Father, with our seats and our tithes and our offerings. In Jesus' precious name. Somebody say better. Amen. Amen. All right. I want us to uh, give cheerfully. And uh, if you're not yet in the attitude of, uh, habit of giving... Uh, Is part of the call of God upon our life to worship Him with our substance. You need to get yourself into it, one way or the other. If you need to uh, need a few more encouragement, you can look at uh, the messages we are preaching time past about giving. Get on our YouTube page, watch it, so that you can gain understanding about the importance of giving to God. Praise God! I said, Praise God! All right. Lastly, before I, uh, I bring Pastor Dabo up, I want us to please appreciate with me are uh, 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 women in this house. Uh, powerful sessions over the weekend. Are the Jewels made for more conference? Or uh, streaming online and just peeping in, and uh, I see women blessed, women you know, from different walks of life coming together. Powerful, powerful sessions, Friday and Saturday. It was really uh, very powerful, very life transforming. Can we appreciate uh, the Jewels team uh, under Pastor Bola's leadership? All across our expressions, they brought in their A-game, and it was a very, very powerful conversation. Please, let's do it a little more. Let's do it a little more. Praise God. All right. Uh, please, let's make welcome Pastor David. Come on to me. Praise the Lord. If you're blessed, you want to put your hands together and just celebrate God for all. what an amazing time of sharing God's Word. Uh, right about now, we'd love to release our online audience. Thank you for being a fantastic audience. We trust you have been blessed in this morning's service. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your week. Would you help me appreciate our online audience? God bless you. God bless you.
2: Thank you for joining us in this service. And we want to say uh, God bless you. If it's your first time joining us at the online church of the Elevation Church, I want you to indicate in the chat room on any of the platform that you are watching us now that uh, this is my first time. We would be posting a link there in the chat room and we want you to click on that link and fill it with accurate information. We want to reach out to you. Uh, particularly, we want to send you a special gift from our lead pastor that would be of great benefit to you. And we say thank you God bless you for joining us at this service. Also, we want to invite you to be a part of our small group. We have people in different parts of the world who are doing life together. So in the chat room now, there'll be a WhatsApp link that will be posted there. I want you to click on the link and we are going to assign you to a group immediately, a group of your interest immediately when you click on that WhatsApp number. So hurry now, go to the chat room and you will see that WhatsApp number there there are people who want to do life together with you additionally you can send us an email online at online church at television ng.org and also follow us on all of our social media platform online at TEC to get notification about our events and I want to say Once again, thank you for joining us at this service. We usually close our service on the book of Psalms chapter one, verses one to three, and it will be on the screen for ease of reference. Psalms chapter one, verses one to three. Let's go. Blessed am I, for I walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand the way of sinners, nor sit at the seat of the scornful. But my delight is in the word of the Lord, and in his word I meditate day and night. I am like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I bring forth my fruit in my season, my leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever I do, prosper. Have a prosperous week in Jesus' name. God bless you.